is a god of the game. Ole is no longer at the wheel and Manchester United are clearly a club where everyone has a driving license but no one seems to know how to steer the club towards success. Who's next? Poch, Zidane, Valverde? How many interim interim managers are they going to appoint? Massive week for Inter where both Napoli and Milan finally lose a game in Serie A. Can the golden generation of Indian women's cricket team achieve greater heights and is Smriti the best Indian batter including men's cricket right now? More F1 drama and wins for all the new managers around Europe. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Sports Search where we are back on a Tuesday night yes not on a Monday night to discuss surprise surprise a lot of football some cricket and also all the other major headlines around the world of sports now to do that please help me welcome my co-host Ishan Hi guys so glad to be back sorry we couldn't have our podcast yesterday but we have more news to cover as a result Well there is only one place to begin after 3 years in charge Manchester United have finally decided to let go of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer I mean in my honest opinion this is a bit late they should have taken this call soon after the game against Liverpool but they had to wait until the final embarrassment against Watford I mean at least they should have done this after the game against City with the international break but yeah goes to show how bad the Manchester United board has been over the last I don't know 5 6 years obviously it's too late i think it was two and a half years too late uh but uh, i actually have big issues with how this sacking happened it was not even a sacking it was almost like united did not want to fire him but uh, external yeah. pressures forced their hand uh to make this decision which i think is stupid because uh he was never he didn't have the credit to manage a club like united and it showed from day one yes the interim manager when he came and replaced mourinho all interim managers have that spurt of success united with the way they are being led in terms of their management uh, woodward etc the any growth spurt in terms of victories is treated like this is progress and that's how united have been labeling each and every season right like last year's second place was treated as a massive success for ole's uh term but let's be very honest you had an almost an injury struck liverpool you had uh you know transforming chelsea and city were miles ahead anyway so it was not such a challenging second place position for united last season so i don't i i never truly bought into the growth part of it uh but i think it was five results too late uh, in the uh, firing or sacking letting go of ole this time because Let's face it. You don't. However bad United have been post Pergi, uh, they've never lost five, considered five to Liverpool. They've never been manhandled by City so badly. I would even say the six-two hammering that under Pergi was still a better performance uh, one with City. So it was inevitable. But I think United have got this all wrong, right? Like now they're signing. They've just got a what? A, how they termed it? They've got a. temporary manager before they sign an interim manager so that they can find a permanent manager next season <laughs> i mean are you bloody kidding me this is manchester united not like any other team like any i wouldn't even want to degrade other country teams but like this is manchester united apparently the biggest club in the world right so 
I really don't understand what's happening. And another point, I'm I want to ask, pose this question to you. Michael Carrick is the new interim manager, who obviously I think is going to he's going to be taking over the reins today, tonight. In fact, in the next hour against Villarreal, he was in the staff of Ole. So United let go of Ole, but they didn't let go of the staff. Michael Carrick was also part of the staff under Mourinho. Uh, why didn't Michael Carrick get the role when Mourinho left? He was not the term fit enough to be interim once Mourinho left, but now suddenly he is. So I want to understand what the logic behind this is, Bala. No, there is actually no logic. They just, as you said, this was a very, very reactive decision. If they were proactive, they would have taken this decision even before the beginning of the season. And they would not have made this so much painful for both fans and Ole. I mean, Ole in the end, in that interview, he looked like Bambi, man. I mean, why are you doing this to this guy? I mean, we all love him. Why are you doing this to him? I mean, he was, see, uh, he was totally out of his depth. Yes, there was the initial splurt of uh, results that did help him, but he was totally out of his depth. The board should have seen this long time back and they failed to do it. And that goes to show how unprepared and how very, uh, like how clueless the people who are working above Ole are. Uh, one of the journalists pointed this out that in at Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, lot of people, in fact, pretty much everyone at the top brass are learning their job here. Ole is learning his job here. Carrick is learning his job here. The sporting director is learning his Fletcher is Darren Fletcher is learning his job here. So no one's an experienced guy who's done this and is doing it again at Manchester United. So this is something that a club of the stature of Manchester United cannot afford to have. So reports are coming out that there's going to be this managerial merry-go-round with Poch coming to... Yes, Vicharuni with Poch coming to uh, United and Zidane going to PSG. Initially, it was Zidane to United, but that uh, those rumours were squashed very easily. Now, again, this is what the point is. It's been, what, it's been three, four days, Sunday morning they sacked him. So it's been, what, two and a half, three days since, two and a half days since he was sacked. Like, Already there's so many leaks. Like, what is your PR team doing there? I mean, how? why can't you handle a managerial switch without having so much leaks into the press? It's a, it's, a, it's a sign of a club that has not been run very well. So, I feel sorry for Ole because he's been made the scapegoat of all this. But some of the players have also have to question a lot themselves. Harry Maguire especially. He's still... Harry Maguire, man. Like, I swear... I. One thing United, as you rightly said, they have to fix is their PR team. Like now, the Harry Maguire used to be, or what I used to think was a really nice guy, not in the controversy. But last couple of months, I don't know what has happened to him yeah. from the Albania, from being arrested in Greece, the Albania celebration, uh, to throwing his ca captain's armband, to be red carded, to saying, I've been forced to attend this press conference after the Liverpool defeat. You know, it's unbecoming and it almost shows that how tough a job it was for Ole than what we think it was. You know, I think a lot of people think that, oh, you've got the world-class players, why aren't you getting results? It shows the value of what a Zidane or an Ancelotti or a, you know, the relationship guys actually, managers actually do in terms of managing big egos in the squad. Yeah. I See, again, as Ole, 
Maguire also reflected what Ole is. Someone who is totally out of the depth. I mean, if if tomorrow someone comes to me and say like, do you want to be the club of whatever, the club captain of Liverpool? I will say yes. I won't say no. Like, it's not my place to say no. I know I'm totally not, not even like closely uh, uh, eligible for becoming the captain. But I will say yes. But it's the person who's giving the job. It's their responsibility to know whether the person is eligible or not. So I, on that front, I don't have a problem with Maguire. Even talking about the Manchester United PR team, right? United loses to Watford 4-1. Maguire gets red card and sent off. The same night, he's been uh, posing pictures with fans outside a hotel in Sheffield where he's celebrating his father's birthday. Now, celebrating one's father's birthday is absolutely fine. I'm not, I'm not at all saying anything about that. But you understand the gravity of the situation. You're the captain of Manchester United. There is a certain level of decorum that you need to maintain in a public forum. Don't post pictures. But I feel, you know, just to end this point, I was watching ESPN FC and I saw Mark Ogden. He made a very interesting point. He said that United, ever post Fergie, have been averse to having leaders as managers who can basically, who take control of the entire process of managing. And managing players, signing, you know, promotion, business, everything. Like how Ferguson was, how Pep is, Klopp is. They've been averse to it to an extent. When Ferguson retired, the next day was the day United created their Twitter page. Can you imagine the control <laughs> Fergie had that he said, I do not want United to be on Twitter because this is stupid. I want to focus on football. So they couldn't wait one day. So that is the change in my, like, you don't have football people running the club right now. And that is the core problem that United have. And, you know, AC Milan, Arsenal also had it, but they're now recovering. But United has now, it's been about nine years, eight, nine years since Fergie is gone and it's looking worse. So I, I don't know what the future holds for United and that's very worrying for their fans. Yeah, now they have to face Villarreal, as Ishan was pointing out in exactly another 25-30 minutes time. The team is out. Bruno Fernandes is not playing. Van der Beek is playing the number 10 role. They are still going with 4-2-3-1. Harry Maguire is again starting. Michael Carrick is the stand-in coach. So, all the best United, all the best United fans. I mean, uh, there's, there is a period where... It is an important game, by the way. Yeah. It is an important game. Yeah. It's a must win. They have to win this because Atalanta are just two points behind in third and they are playing young boys. So, yeah. It's a very, very important game. And yeah, all United fans can do right now is the big players step up and uh, and score goals and, 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 and win the game. So, let's go through the other results in uh, EPL. I mean, nothing much changed. The top three still still the top three still remain top three and they still continue to show why they are the three best teams in the league right now. If I have to summarize all those three performances, total control, absolute dominance, all three of them, and all three of them had the other team at their will. Like if they wanted to score seven goals, they would have scored seven goals. I just want to uh, the only high thing I want to talk about on the top three teams is Xiao Cancelo's assist. Oh, wow. I think that has to go down as in terms of the Puskas award, they should give an assist as a Puskas award because that assist is simply unbelievable. Uh, for people who have not seen it, go to Hotstar, watch the highlights of the game. 
I mean, it's just blow your mind worthy stuff. And by the way, he's one of that. He's a right. He's a wing back and with one of the highest assists in the league. So that's City right now. Great. Now let's look at the other results. In fact, the results for the new managers, Eddie Howe. Unfortunately, wasn't uh, present at the game because uh, he had to isolate because he had COVID. But his team produced a great performance. I mean, it was a draw, but it was one of the most exciting Newcastle performance someone has seen in a very, very long time. <laughs> Are they the only club left in Europe without a win this season? In Europe, I don't know. I have to check. That's a good point. But definitely, they are still the only club in England, at least in English top flight, not to have won a game. Yeah, as we are talking, I think Levante hasn't won a game yet. I just checked La Liga. Ah, Levante okay. hasn't won a game. But good company. <laughs> Newcastle aren't alone there. It's a good result, anyways. I mean, a three-three against Brentford. Brentford slightly slipping up over the last two-three games. They are drawing and losing games. So there's an interesting. bunch of teams kind of fighting for the last three positions and there are about seven eight teams who are in that mix right now and then you have first win for steven gerard 2-0 uh, against brighton again brighton again after a bright start again have kind of slowed down a bit dean smith won his first game with norwich against southampton he just lost to southampton two weeks back came back and defeated southampton took revenge immediately within two weeks and uh, they won their second game norwich by the way bala can actually do it they're just three points away from uh, getting out of relegation zone and if dean smith can work his magic this could be that miracle season we were talking about a couple of episodes ago where norwich might actually be saved very unlikely but it could be a great story Yeah, and this, as I said, you have about six, seven teams within that zone. There is Norwich, there is Leeds. I'm still not very confident where they are going from here. I mean, they have a lot of injuries. I agree, but I still have a slight worry for Leeds. Uh, I still believe that they'll be safe, but yeah, we need to watch out for Leeds. So yeah, that's about it for EPL. Uh, at the end of game week twelve, the top three still remain top three. West Ham is on fourth. They. surprisingly lost their game against wolves who has creeped up to the 6th place uh, nobody noticed wolves they were losing games and suddenly bam they are on 6th that's typical wolves antonio conte's first win for tottenham those celebrations uh, the way he was high-fiving single-handedly he was lifting the entire stadium the entire players uh, I I wish there was a camera inside the dressing room during the halftime team talk. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Woodward was also wishing a decision had been certain decision made a little earlier. <laughs> Could have been at Old Trafford. The way uh, Conte was high-fiving players, not like Kane, Harry Wings, Ben Davis. I mean, it felt like the players were like, "Arey, ठीक है, chill, bro." We just defeated Leeds. As I I don't think Harry Wings ever thought he would be high fiving on Conte. He like me, me, मुझे, me, me. Their reaction. I'm not worthy. Their reaction were like, अच्छा ये Leeds है. ऐसा नहीं है Champions League जीता है. तो इतना क्यों इतना क्यों? Why are you like so excited? And there were some people who were saying like he's oh ये बहुत excited आदमी है. मतलब वो आदमी है ऐसे ही है. Like if you have seen Inter, if you have seen Conte over the last five six years, yeah, Conte is that person. I mean, he's not faking. It's not. That's why I can't last long. No, it's not good for his health. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. At times you feel he's going to die of a heart attack. 
Oh, great. So that's about it for EPL, guys. In the next section, we'll talk about some interesting games that happens across all the other four leagues. First game for Xavi, a great win for Inter. Let's discuss all that in the next section. Welcome back to Sports Charcha. First victory for Xavi too as Barcelona manager. I mean, after a very long time, I stayed up late to watch a Barcelona match. Obviously, because of Xavi, there was a lot of hype and it was fun to watch the game. First half was exceptional. Uh, Barcelona were really good. It was like watching some of the old Barcelona style, but obviously they couldn't sustain it for 90 minutes. Some of the defending was extremely questionable. I mean, Xavi has a lot to work with, but I see some signs. There are some positive signs. Uh, Ilya started, I mean, it was a surprise. Uh, it was a surprise starting lineup to see uh, someone's been given a debut. And uh, he was replaced by another youngster, another academy graduate. So there are clear signs of what Xavi wants to do with the team in terms of pushing a lot of academy graduates, pushing a lot of young talent and testing out the entire available squad before he finally settles into a, you know, like a set 14, 15 players whom he can trust. And uh, Barcelona won because of a dodgy penalty decision, uh, arguably may not be a penalty decision, soft penalty, whatever you call it. Uh, Memphis Depay dispatched it safe. 1-0, Barcelona could have lost. Raul de Tomas had like a million chances. Hit the post, I think, a couple of times. Should have scored at least 2-3 goals. But yeah, a victory is a victory. Barcelona will take 3 points all the time. Now, Real Madrid, on the other hand, had a very comfortable win. Uh, Vinicius, once again, amazing performance. He was exceptional. I think the entire team was uh, pretty solid. I don't, I don't see a major... Problem in this defeat. Were there any? In this victory, you mean. We won. Bala. Sorry, in this victory. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> no, Granada has been one of our uh, easy opponents over the years. It's 13 victories on the trot against them. Uh, but it was a great uh, team performance, especially coming after an international break. Something that Madrid generally has been a little bit slow to get started. Uh, but, you know, the game was all about our midfield trio. Like, the Modric, Cruz, Casemiro trio is just, it's like, it feels like it's like wine. Uh, you always feel that this is the season that cracks will show. This is the season where age will now be a factor. But no, when it matters, Ancelotti goes back to default. It's the three of them again. And they make Real Madrid take. Uh, they what Real Madrid, I have just quick point is like how Perez... And Ancelotti, the way they've structured the team is something what United could learn from. Like, literally each of those players have now a future backup already in place within the squad. You've got Blanco, you've got Fede Valverde, who can take up the Casemiro role. And then you've got Kamavinga, who can either be a Cruz or Modric. So, it's a very it's a very well-planned team, if you think of it. Uh, things can go into Ori, we don't know. But uh, that's how... You know, even a Galacticos team can also get things done. So, great victory for us. Uh, other teams, Atletico had a usual 1-0 victory. Uh, typical. Uh, Sociedad dropped points, which means that now... And Sevilla dropped points, which means that now we are uh, standalone leaders of the La Liga. 10 points ahead of Barcelona, which is something I never thought I'd say in my lifetime. 
but it's a great feeling. It's also a sad feeling, but it's great. I I live with it. Uh, yeah. So that's it for Span La Liga. Great, and it's a massive week in Serie A. Like how I was saying in EPL. This week, how it showed the top three are a class above everyone else. In fact, even in Serie A, the top three teams are actually kind of drifting away from all the other teams. I'm talking about uh, Napoli, Milan, and Inter. Both Napoli and Milan entered this game week as the two undefeated teams. In fact, across all the five leagues, but both of them lost. Saturday night, I was watching Fiorentina versus Milan. Superb game. Exceptional game. Vlahovic scored, I think, two goals or set up one goal and scored a goal. Zlatan scored two goals. It was 4-3. I thought, wow, I've already watched the game of the week. Next day night, I saw Inter Napoli. My God. If you guys haven't watched the highlights of this game, go and catch. This was an exceptional game. It was great to see Dries Mertens after a very long time. He had a long injury problem. He came in. He scored immediately. A trademark Dries Mertens out of the box curler, but he missed one absolutely glorious chance towards the end. In fact, Napoli missed some two, three chances. They should have won the game. Massive, massive win for Inter. In fact, a massive week for Inter. They are on third. They have closed down the gap to four points now. Napoli and Inter are on third to third to. Sorry, Napoli and Milan are on third to third to. Inter are on twenty-eight points. Atalanta are on fourth. Juventus major win two nil against Lazio, so they are on eighth. They're still very long way away from uh, winning the Scudetto. I don't think that's going to happen anyways. But at least a win is a win. So as I said, this is an exceptional week for uh, Serie A and the both the Milan clubs, man. How refreshing is to see both the Milan clubs playing this kind of football. Amazing, man! Like it brings us, especially both of us, back to the glory days of Serie A, where you know you had the great Inter Milan and AC Milan teams. And this is like I always feel a healthy Serie A is very important for European football, uh, and because they are the core that, that they've always been the benchmark for me. Like, can I, if I like as a Real Madrid fan, can Real Madrid beat Inter today? Yes, then probably we are either very good or the Serie A is really bad. The moment I have doubts, that means you know that's the fun. So I think this is a great time to be a Serie A fan. I'm actually happy that Juventus are sucking balls because other teams have a chance. Because I think that's also very important. Other teams need a chance to get ambitious. Yeah, this was a great week for Inter. In fact. On another point, also this was a big week for Inter. In fact, it showed the way they celebrated after the victory. This is the first major week for in major win for Inter this season under Inzaghi. Remember, they lost to Lazio, they drew against Milan, they drew against Juventus, they lost to Real Madrid. So they still haven't won a big game this season. So beating the league leaders Napoli was a massive result, a massive boost for uh, Inter. In fact. They are playing Shakhtar, right? Uh, midweek Champions League. Inter uh, playing Shakhtar tonight. Yeah, and they have yeah, and they have a two. They have two very important games coming up, uh, which they have to win if they have to qualify. So great. So if you guys aren't following Serie A yet, do follow Serie A. Especially follow the Milan games. They are exceptionally. They're exceptionally brilliant. They're very attacking. So watch that. Now on the other leagues, nothing much happened. In fact. Bundesliga, the biggest news happened on Friday night itself, which is Bayern losing their game against Augsburg. 
there was more off-field issues than on-field issues. In fact, Bayern had to bench four players because uh, one of their players, I think Nicolas Sula, got uh, tested COVID positive. So there were four other players who were in close contact with him who weren't vaccinated, had to sit out, had to quarantine. So they had to rejiggle the team and because of which they lost. And this became a major issue. There's a kind of a mini rift between the Bayern players, between the vaccinated and and uh, unvaccinated players. So there's a bit of things boiling up in Germany. So a place to watch out for. On other side in France, Messi finally scored his first goal for PSG and Sergio Ramos could start against City if I'm not wrong. Maybe he's in the squad, I believe. He might start or he might come as a substitute. I'm so sure he's not going to start, especially against Manchester City. Uh, I think Pochettino won't risk it. Uh, if, say, for example, City are losing, and sorry, PSG are winning clearly, he might get some minutes, but it's too bigger a game for Ramos to come back and play after many months. I don't think he's played since May. Uh, so, uh, I don't think that will happen. It will be good to have him on the squad list, at least. So. Yeah, but in French League, as usual, Again, it's not what happened on the field. In fact, this incident happened on the field, but it's not a footballing incident. Uh, this was, again, a crowd trouble between the game against uh, Lyon versus Marseille. Marseille seemed to invite trouble wherever they go. This time, uh, a bottle filled with water was thrown at uh, Dimitri Payet. Again, Dimitri Payet is someone who's, who gets targeted pretty much wherever he goes across France. I'm not sure it's the image he creates or I don't know what he does. But there is this bit of thing that uh, that Marseille uh, team members, uh, they, they get treated by many of the other fans very badly. Again, I'm not, I'm not feeling sorry for Marseille team. They're also a bit of a rowdy team themselves. Uh, but again, this is what, sixth or seventh incident this season alone? Yeah, so Marseille historically has been a notorious place to play. Uh, their fans, as you know, they're... Uh, their entire stadium is full of ultras. They don't have normal fans. So I think it's just a, they're probably the most, they're also one of the most successful uh, French teams, uh, one of them. So whenever they travel, uh, they just get a bit of payback. And I think this season has just been escalating quite a lot in Liga. This is not the first time this issue has happened. Uh, so it's, I don't agree with it. Uh, nobody should be throwing bottles. Uh, but it's a plastic bottle and that reaction is a bit like uh, I saw the highlights you know come on I like our Indian cricketers and our opposing cricketers have been thrown way worse from Vankhade Stadium so I mean, give it a break <laughs> great guys so that's about it for all football action across Europe in the next section we'll talk about cricket not the India New Zealand cricket but other exciting cricket also happening on the other side of the world. Welcome back to Sports Searcher, where this time in cricket, we are going to start with the Women's Big Bash League. Especially our Indian batters are having a ball of a time. All the eight teams have played all their league games. So the top four has been decided. But the talk of the town is both Smriti Mandana and Harman Kaur. Did you catch the highlights? I didn't watch the innings. I, I only saw the highlights. Wow, man. Wow. This is one for the ages. Like for the 
for the for the for the for the cricketing manual before i get to the talking about that game i want to applaud balla on being such a great poet he uh, when he was introducing this topic he said i want to commend the indian batters who had a ball of a time i've never heard anyone say that in one sentence uh, but coming that coming back to the match uh, i think what a game for indian cricket indian women's cricket especially uh, let's start with harmanpreet kaur i think a match winning 88 or 89 she had and watched stroke play like there was a point in the middle overs where she was literally every ball was a boundary and every ball was a different type of boundary like the thing about harmanpreet harmanpreet kaur's batting is that she's so versatile she can you know slog you she can you know hit a boundary with conventional stroke play she can switch it she can reverse reverse hit she can do everything and she was doing all of it and it was just incredible to watch because here you have this like let's face it our indian team looks very small compared to the you know the aussie players in terms of size and to completely boss them like it, bossing would be an understatement it was such a joy to watch and then when you look at the next innings smriti mandana obviously one of my favorite batters in all of cricket right now including the men's game just because of her style and the way she her she uses confidence like there were a couple of balls she hit over cover she was walking down to the fast bowler and smacking it like very matthew hayden style uh, of of drives and a century she tied the highest knock highest total uh, by a player in the big bash for women 115 unfortunately it was a losing battle but we have to he- hold our heads and this is the time i feel There's, if ever the women's game is going to use up the indian men's team this is that time it's that golden generation which i hope unlike the belgian football team wins something <laughs> yeah kudos to kudos to all of them in fact harmanpreet kaur with 66 average she has scored about 370 odd runs in 14 games 18 sixes 18 sixes my god like she is hammering it all out of the park so the top four teams have qualified it's uh, perth Melbourne Renegades uh, Harmanpreet Kaur and Jemima play for Melbourne Renegades in fact those are the only two indians who are still left in this tournament third place is brisbane heat and fourth is adelaide strikers so uh, bbl works a little different the top of the table are already straight through to the finals so three and four play against each other the winner play against number 2 and the winner play against number 1 in the final so works slightly different than ipl so perth is already through for the finals the playoffs are going to happen i think tomorrow thursday and the finals on sunday so watch out for that it's on sony one of those sony channels so watch out for that all the best girls this is brilliant uh, we would want to see more of this i hope we have been talking about this even in previous episodes uh, soon we should have instead of adding two new teams to men's ipl Uh, we should have a separate women's ipl as soon as possible now talking about the usual stuff india defeating new zealand 3-0 t20 series uh let's forget about the obvious points uh what did you know about indian cricket that you didn't know before the series wow that's a tough question nothing nothing <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy answer nothing <laughs> It's the same old, same old. And I think I, I, I want to, I, I want to say Rahul Dravid called it. He actually said it that 
Yeah, meaning yeah. you can't expect New Zealand to show up mentally three days after losing a World Cup final. So let's not get carried away. Uh, great, it's a good result. Win is a win, but let's not get carried away. This this doesn't count. He almost said that it this doesn't count. Yeah, I think that was his first response. That was his primary response when asked the question. So again, uh, it goes to show that uh, that Indian cricket team is in safe pair of hands. Someone. who will make sure that these guys stay on their feet all the time and make sure that they stay humble and grounded all the time so yeah. that's pretty good hopefully we don't see a lot of these and these and in the middle of the cricket field i mean that helped us win a couple of series in australia but i'm not sure whether that's that's going to give us a good image in world cricket so yeah next is i wish this podcast was videos guys <laughs> bala you should have seen bala's face i think he spazzed out for a second so, <laughs> so there are two test matches remaining uh one starting on 25th november thursday and the second one on 3rd december so watch out for that and we will also give you updates in the next section we will talk about f1 and other important headlines from the world of sports Welcome back to Sports Charcha Speed Point the first topic has to be the Qatar Grand Prix Ishan is there a twist in the tale are we going to see a change I know I hope not but it looks very likely because this is a this was a massive massive victory for Hamilton because after the Brazilian Grand Prix we thought yes but Verstappen might take the next two but to win back to back uh it shows intent from not just him from the mercedes uh, team as well and you know the next next two races are also going to be very fast races in terms of the you know there are a lot of straight and drs moments where mercedes is the strongest so it's going to be challenging for verstappen i don't think he still has an upper edge there are about 5 points or 6 points separating them right now uh, it was very important huh 8 points 8 points sorry uh, it was very important for verstappen to bag a podium uh so second place would do him very well uh so if he continues being on the podium uh that's i think his initial goal but he has to win one of the two races just to you know settle some nerves especially i think if he if he wins the next one i think he'll do very well for himself uh and for the red bull uh a lot of drama happened in the race uh you know it was an extremely the track it's qatar right so the track gets incredibly hot so there were a lot of punctured tires so bottas uh had to retire because he had a puncture midway through the race which means a uh, zero points for mercedes in the constructors so uh that gives red bull as a constructor a huge leverage right now with two races remaining uh perez came fourth which was a great result at the end but for me uh, screw the championship uh points or anything for me it was all about Alonso being on the podium after I think 2014 uh he was always my man when he was at Ferrari and before that at McLaren uh to see him back on the podium with uh, Alpine which is basically Renault uh, was such a great moment and let another important fact uh that actually my wife brought told me because she's a big F1 fan is that he was the only driver who was on a one stop strategy which means that he just pitted once uh, compared to everyone pitching 
pitting twice in a hot tire, hot track with melting tires. So he maintained his drive throughout the race on one set of tires, which is incredible. Shows incredible driving skill. So amazing race. Can't wait for the next two races. I pray, pray that Verstappen maintains it, holds his nerve. But we've seen a lot of drama in Formula One going down to the last race. So anything can happen. Yeah, only two more races left. There is Bahrain and it ends at uh, sorry. There is Saudi Arabia and then it ends at Abu Dhabi. In fact, the constructors championship are also very close. Uh, Red Bull and Mercedes are just five points away, so that's also an interesting race to look forward to. So all the best to all the drivers. And the next race is on fifth, and then it ends on twelfth. ISL has also started. Uh, we had the fifth game today. There have been five games so far. There are eleven teams, so it goes on for another two, three months. So it's too early to call anything. It's on Hotstar. Uh, the defending champions, Mumbai City, started their campaign with a comfortable three-nil win against Goa. Uh, other big teams, Chennai, won their first game. Atletico Madrid, uh, Mohan Bagan. <laughs> they also won their first game. Bengaluru won their game. So, so it's pretty. early stage in fact extremely early stage so we will cover isl as we go through over to you ishan for the atp updates so basically the end of the year end of the tennis season atp final that take place which is the top 10 players uh, based on atp rankings go against each other uh, and it was zverev sasha zverev who came uh, who beat medvedev in the final this by the way is his second atp finals title he beat Djokovic on the way. Uh, he is looking to be one of the true contenders to replace the top three, uh, if the top three ever decide to retire, uh, because you know he's been consistent. He's been winning these clutch games. He just needs to add a couple of uh, Grand Slams to his name, and he's going to be there. Uh, so great result! Congratulations to Zverev. He truly is a great player to watch. uh medvedev again he's consist he he reminds me medvedev reminds me i mean he's not russian but he reminds me of when bala and i even you were both of us were young we had yevgeny kafelnikov uh, he reminds me of that kind of a player consistent and like tenacious when it comes to tennis so great youngsters playing off so it was great watching that looking forward to the new season of tennis That's about it for episode forty-six, guys. We had fun recording it. I hope you guys had fun listening to it. We are now off to watch all the Champions League games. In fact, there are many interesting games today. There is a Chelsea versus Juventus, and there are there is Barcelona versus Benfica, and tomorrow you have City versus PSG. So next week we won't be here. uh we will give you a pleasant surprise a nice update through our Instagram and other channels. Now until then, it's bye from Bala. and bye from ishan guys have a great week ahead thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed what you heard please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to it not only helps us but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily you can also reach out to us on twitter and instagram at the rate sports charcha A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye.